Welcome to Untapped Potential for today, Tuesday, June 22nd. Yes, as always, the month is spinning along, so I hope that you have a solid plan for what you need to get done this week, this month, as we move forward on those personal goals that we have been working on since January. I am sure that you remember that Sunday was Father's Day. So if you are a dad, I hope that you had a great day and you got to enjoy all your favorite things. So again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there who make our world such a happier place to be in. So again, happy Father's Day if you're a dad out there. And it looks like the world continues to open, but I encourage us to continue to still be mindful that there's the Delta variant of COVID-19, which was first found in the UK and it is quickly spreading through the US. So I want to continue to encourage us to get vaccinated, get that vaccine so that we can finally see COVID-19 in the rearview mirror. I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to visiting Dominica soon. So I hope that we can have all this COVID-19 and all the quarantine issues behind us in the coming months so we can get back to enjoying life, get back to enjoying traveling and just spending time with each other without the fear of contracting COVID-19. So again, we have another packed show for you today. Today we are talking hurricane preparedness. So I'm so glad that you're joining us today uh, for Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio as we share on this very important topic which will impact the life of Dominicans and Caribbean people, whether you live on the islands or you live overseas. So again, welcome to the program. If this is your first time, then we welcome you to our Power Up Tuesday. We are here each and every Tuesday from 5.30 to 6.30 Eastern Time right here on TDN Radio. And you know, we just come by, we enjoy listening to an ins inspirational guest 
or some useful information that we can apply to our lives. We enjoy great music and we just remind ourselves to work on the important goals we have set for our lives. So it is wonderful to have you on board for yet another episode of the program as we get ready to take flight. And of course, stay tuned until the end of the program as we talk about what's coming up next. So let's enjoy this song from Alain, a song entitled You Give Me Hope as we get the program started. And as we always say, remember the Facebook, uh, the interview that you will listen to in a while is taped via Facebook Live so that we can have as much interaction as possible. So again, the discussion that you're about to hear was taped via Facebook Live and it will actually be a two-part series. So I will play the first portion for you this evening and then next week I will be sure to play you the second half of the program because there's so much to discuss in terms of disaster preparedness that we could not fit it into an hour. So stay tuned for the interview as you enjoy, as we enjoy this number from Alain, You Give Me Hope. And we want to remember to thank our sponsor, healandgo.com, H-E-A-L, ngo.com, your number one source for cruelty-free uh, hair care products and your number one source for all your hair care needs. So again, check them out at healandgo.com, H-E-A-L-N-G-O.com. And if you're on Instagram, you may also want to follow them because Gail, the owner of the company, she does a wonderful job of showing us how to use the products, um, how to style your hair, how to apply the products to your hair. So if you're on Instagram, you can check her out at Hill and go.com and she's also on Facebook as well. So let's enjoy this number from Alain as we get the program started.
conversation. So just by way of introduction, just tell us your name, your position, your title, and your role in disaster management in Dominica. Ladies okay, first. <laughs> Sorry, Cesar. Yeah, no problem. Okay, great. Well, my name is Liz Fabian, and I'm the executive director of Dominica Association of Industrial and Commerce. I'm really pleased to be here tonight to share with you some of the experiences I've had, lessons I've learned, and how DIC is contributing to disaster management in Dominica. Um, just yeah. also want to share that as DIC is involved in this, we're also part of ARISE, the Private Sector Alliance for Disaster Resilient Societies, and CARICHA, which we'll speak more about later on. Yes, yeah, so I can tell, tell you we'll have quite a bit of information to share with us. So now let's go over to Cecil Schillingford as he introduces himself. Okay, good evening, everybody. Um, my name is Cecil Schillingford. I'm a disaster risk management specialist. And I also served previously as the National Disaster Coordinator for Dominica. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you for being here. And Brenton? Hi, good evening, everyone. And I am Brenton Hillier, Agency Manager of Surgical Life. I am also the Vice President of the Dominica Association of Industry and Commerce. So Lisa and I am connected. And I'm also connected to Cecil. We are, actually, all three of us are Rotarians on this call, so it's quite interesting. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to have a very open discussion where we're not going to have any particular questions pointed to anyone. So we'll just throw the questions out. And if you feel inspired to, you will answer the question. So the first thing we want to note is that the hurricane season began on June 1st. So we are about a week into the hurricane season. And as I mentioned before, it is predicted to be a very active um, season. So let's just talk about being prepared. So being prepared on the personal level, being prepared on the business level and preparing your property. So if anyone wants to jump in, feel free to do so. Okay, well, um, I'll you. jump in. <laughs> it's um, that time of year, you know, when um, we put a lot of the measures that um, we have been assisting the various individuals and communities around the island, um, put, put it into practice. Um, we know the situation with Dominica, how prone it is to um, natural hazards and hurricanes are nothing new to us coming out of two recent um, um, very devastating experiences, um, Tropical Storm Erica in 2015 and Hurricane Maria in 2017. So I know um, everybody uh, is doing everything that is necessary at this time. Um, Lizra mentioned earlier on in our informal discussion that she was involved in a training today. I myself was also involved with a training today with the local government department of the government, um, where we were in the community of Lubier and, of course, um, some other southern communities were part of the training. And we were looking at um, vulnerabilities, and uh, we know that um, this country is, is very vulnerable to um, hurricanes and all its secondary effects. Yes, anyone else wants to try in? I'll let Lisa go. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, well, right now it's it's an important time for all our businesses and every individual because it's it's on a personal and it's a collective level. 
I think even through Hurricane, through our experience with Hurricane Maria, um, it, we realized that what happens to us on a national level is compounded by everything we do on a personal level. So if as individuals, we take precaution, we put plans in place, measures in place on an individual level, that will certainly help our collective preparation in Dominica. The same goes for our businesses. And we see that we can have a, a better private sector that's more prepared for the hurricane season and other risks that we are faced with. If on an individual company level, we put plans in place. So with the chamber right now, we are continuing to support and advocate to our businesses to have business continuity plans. And that sounds, I hope it doesn't sound too big, but in breaking it down through our discussion tonight, maybe we can spend some more time looking at what a BCP may entail and how individuals and businesses can adopt some of the, the best practices of this to make our businesses more resilient. Yes, thank you so much. And Brenton? I guess I will be the one putting the plug between the two, being that I come from the insurance sector and it's really our objective to get both sides of the population prepared in a sense that insurance is not just for the business sector. And at the same time, it's not just for the private sector, the individuals. So I believe everyone, whether they're operating from the capacity of looking after their family or their own property on their own, or running a business has to assess the risk that the business faces and ensure that they look at the tools available to mitigate those risks. And that's where we come in as an insurance company to help businesses transfer or help people transfer the risk from their own pockets to us. Yeah, so let's get into the actual details of being prepared. So on an individual level, your household, your family, what are some recommendations for being prepared for the hurricane season? Well, first and foremost, um, every individual and every um, family um, unit um, have to prepare themselves adequately, um, ensure that there's a business plan. And sometimes when we talk about a family having a business plan, everybody thinks is um, you're writing up this big book about what you do, what you don't right. do. But it, it doesn't really have to even be um, written or printed. It can just be an understanding among family members as to what each member of the family does um, in the event that there is a, a call that um, a tropical storm or hurricane is approaching. So um, one of the examples I always use is that if it happens to be a school day, instead of both parents rushing to the school to pick up the kids, one parent knows that I am supposed to go pick up the kids and the other one will go and secure the last minute items that they require um, to go through a hurricane situation. Um, of course, we expect people to have these things already well in advance because once we talk about the hurricane season started, and of course, you know, um, we have seen um, storm events even before the actual start of the hurricane season, as you're aware. Um, Tropical Storm Anna has already gone through. It was not in our, our region, but it was a subtropical um, up close to Bermuda. Um, so again, when you see um, these occurrences, um, it, it really just tells you that you have to always be prepared because 
nothing prevents us from hearing in a couple of days time there is a storm approaching us and we 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 really do not like people to be doing this last minute thing rushing to the stores and so on you know that every year from june 1 there's the hurricane season at least a couple of weeks before or the month end um you you start um, preparing yourselves yeah, that's a great point. And I especially like that you talked about um, delegating responsibilities because I think those are conversations that sometimes it's difficult to have, but it's necessary. So I absolutely like the idea of one parent picking up the children and another parent attending to the home because sometimes those are things that we don't even think about. Yeah, and I mean, even the children, they are supposed to know what they should do. Yes. I mean, we are in a small um, country. Um, we have situations where both parents work yeah. and they may be working in town and the children might be in school in the country area and mm -hmm. they get caught off from each other. The children must know what they're supposed to be doing and everybody's supposed to be exchanging um, telephone numbers. So you know exactly how to contact members of the family in the event there is a separation we're in a, a a situation where or in a country where we have microclimates nothing can be happening in town and in a, another part of the country it's raining cats and dogs you have a, a landslide you get caught off the children need to know exactly what do they do do they go to the grandparent do they go to the neighbor etc etc so all these things um have to be put in place by way of a plan and as i said not necessarily a, a written plan but something that the a whole family understands yeah yeah and and also the idea of getting your shopping done early because we know hurricane seasons come every june 1st yeah well, so rather know, can... than wait on, until a hurricane is announced to rush to the the store have your supplies yeah but i you know i can tell you a lot about that i can tell mm -hmm. you a lot about that <laughs> i think our people are so laid back and they are last minute crowd mm -hmm. that anytime you announce a storm is going to be heading our way the last minute everybody runs to the supermarket and mm -hmm. you have the supermarkets jammed and at that time people may not even have their shopping list so they buy all unnecessary things and you find people buying over over buying and then sometimes if the storm doesn't come our way then they blame everybody but themselves wow any any anything you guys want to contribute <laughs> yes um even in terms of of what um Cecil mentioned having that list and having that um stock of items in time before anything happens is really important and um, sometimes when nothing happens families eat what they have and then when a new um event comes up then we go back and shop again but it's important to keep these items for a period of time i see smiles so that means mm -hmm. um, we're not quite far off with that right <laughs> yes. or, or even having the list of supplies so exactly. maybe you don't have the money right now to go out and buy you know mm -hmm. five gallons of water but again hurricane season comes around every year so why not keep a list of supplies in your cell phone so yeah. you mm -hmm. always know where yeah, it is know so that is. when if something is announced you know exactly what you're going exactly. for so you're not wasting money on items that are not going to be beneficial to you yeah. during the hurricane and two other things with that is collecting water. Sometimes we wait until we hear something after the water is gone to remember that here to refill my um, refill my containers. So that's really important. And also having a bag that includes everything that's important. I think after Hurricane Maria, I I put I practice that I put it in place and I actually have a little bag called 
Um, I think evacuation bag. It includes my policies, Brenton. My yes. They're in that because I was told that if you lose these policies, you have to go through a long process of getting them back. And yeah. recently I reminded um, my mom to let her know, you know, if anything happens to me, this bag is important with my policies, you know, to where to get them, what to do. And that sort of communication is really important among family members. If we mm -hmm. have important documents, put all these documents I'm in one place that's easily accessible. I'm not thinking of, where's my passport? Where's my birth certificate? Where are these items? We need to be able to have them to go as soon as we, we think of them. Absolutely. Brenton, you have anything you want to add? Yes, I actually enjoyed that little piece Lisa mentioned about her evacuation bag. Yes. <laughs> I remember from Hurricane Maria, one of my colleagues actually told me, that she has a pick up and go bag. So if you have bag, yes. away, yeah, we'll you just bag. take that bag and dash out of the place. Mm -hmm. So that's important. And it goes back to what Cecil said earlier. These are not things that we should be thinking about on the spot. These are things that you are supposed to actually talk about maybe a year in advance and have that concrete document written down or concrete plan in your phone somewhere so that by the time it's approaching, it's a matter of just refreshing your mind. But I think what maybe happens is human nature, the hurricane season is maybe once a year. So we feel that we can forget about it for nine months in a year. And then as it's approaching again, we go back into it. And mm -hmm. I guess we have to start talking about it more often. Maybe every month there should be some sort of hurricane program to keep people in the mindset of always being prepared. As it pertains to insurance, the key thing before the season comes is that you have to understand what you are covered for. And that's both on the personal level and the business level in terms of being prepared. Because yes, you can have a document from your insurance provider saying that you are covered. And then you assume that you're fully covered, the event occurs, and then when you go back to review it, you realize that there were some deficiencies or some gaps in that coverage of yours. Just as Tessin said, having your list of things that you should have in place before the storm, similar process for your insurance. Go for your policy. Your policy is your list of what you are covered for, and especially for businesses that are heavy capitalized in equipment. Are all your machineries, furniture, pieces of equipment covered at present? It could be so it could be a situation where during the course of the year, after initially doing the plan for your equipment, you bought something new and you forgot to add it on. You should not be discovering that after the fact. So it has to be a continuous process of reviewing your policy, making sure you understand your policy to ensure that any gaps that exist that you are able to take care of, you do so before the event occurs rather than finding out when it's too late. Yeah, and I'm happy. I'm happy you brought that up, uh, Brenton, because I think that was one of the major areas of concern for a lot of people after Hurricane Maria. So mm -hmm. I want you to talk us through that in terms of they thought they were covered and they were not covered. So what exactly should we be looking for in our in our insurance company in our insurance policies? And also, a lot of people were underinsured. Underinsured, yeah, exactly. Under yeah. So let's talk about that. I, I mean, the simple solution to that is reading your documents. Mm -hmm. If 
we all put the energy into going through that physical contract we receive from the insurance company, we would see clearly what is covered, what is not covered. And mm -hmm. every company has a different, I would say, metric as to what they offer to their clients. It is our responsibility to make sure that that is explained to us clearly up front before we go into that contractual arrangement with the insurance company. Mm -hmm. I believe the law speaks to that where legally speaking, you have about 30 days to go through your contract and make mention of any material disagreements that you have with what's provided in a contract. So before you go home, you should ask your, your insurance provider simple questions. Can you tell me what exactly I'm covered for? Can you tell me what I'm not covered for? Can you tell me what add-ons you have on the policy that maybe I was not told about? Because, for example, you could have some insurance companies who offer comprehensive coverage, but then comprehensive may not necessarily include acts of God. And that's yeah. where you would have to pay extra for acts of God. So you should never assume as it pertains to your contract and what you are provided for. We, I say we because I am a client as well as being in the business myself. We have a right to ask every question about our coverage to make sure that we are actually covered for what they say that we are covered for. And it's all in your contract. But I don't believe that many of us take the time to come through that document when we receive it. Most of us take it, we put it on the side, and then when well, it uh, Well, and I also think most of us are thinking about the price. How much we're going to pay monthly. Yeah. Yes, that's a factor too. And I think that also contributed to the under insurance challenge that we had. I mean, I wouldn't say it was the entire reason, but the misconception is if you insure your property for less than it is worth in terms of the replacement cost, it's people think that you're actually able to claim up to that percentage of what you are insured for. The insurance law says no. By underinsuring your property, you are sharing the risk with the insurance company. So whatever claim arises, you will find the ratio of what you're insured for under divided by the replacement cost multiplied by the claim. So it transfers some of that financial burden onto the client. And apparently that was not understood in our market. And I still believe that that awareness is still lacking in our market. I mean, Lizra, through the DAIC, recently organized the symposium at Kempinski, I think that was in 2019. And I had the opportunity to speak on the same topic that is two years after Hurricane Maria. And I was shocked when maybe half of the audience still did not understand the concept of under insurance. So I still think it's an issue that we maybe have to do some more work on to try to make it as simple as possible for the market to understand because it is a significant issue and it could end up defeating the purpose of why you had the coverage in place in the first time. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, I hear that uh, a lot of training is being done with the uh, organizations that you represent. So just kind of tell us what are some of the training programs that you guys are currently participating in and how those programs can benefit the general public. So Cecil, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, well, around this time of year, um, 
as you enter the hurricane season, lots of training is done. Um, I, I always see shelter management is one of the key things in disaster preparedness. And uh, once, once we enter the hurricane season, it's important to make sure that all our shelter managers are up to speed um, on their training. So that is normally done. And then you have training in um, damage assessment and needs analysis. Um, this week, I was supporting the local government division with some training. And the first thing we did on Tuesday, um, I was looking at community involvement in disaster management and um, all the, the things that the communities should be putting in place. And the community groupings should also be engaged in. Um, and then today, we were looking at vulnerabilities. And after I did a presentation on on vulnerability assessments and risk and hazard management, etc. Um, we brought them out to look at some vulnerable areas. Um, the river, which flooded for Maria, um, the waterfront, that's the seashore, um, which also damaged several houses um, along that stretch, and also the hillside that always um, slides during um, the, the hurricane season or whenever we have heavy rains. And after brought them back together to look at um, some of the remedial things that we would need to do um, to ensure that um, we make the areas a little less vulnerable. Um, if you are able to do certain things um, to the river to ensure it's free um, throughput, uh, it's free flow, then it you might avoid it um, spilling over the banks and what have you. And also, there's not much you can do with the slopes, um, except that um, if the powers that be would want to either slope the slopes or um, shelve them so that the whole issue of landslides are minimized. And then um, also, um, on, on, even on the roads too, you know, the traffic situation, now that we have a large influx of um, vehicles on, on, on the road. Um, so, and there are lots of other trainings. Sometimes you, we have a community group um, groupings we call um, CERT, um, Community Emergency Response Teams, um, that we want to um, provide them with additional training because they are the community. And if you provide them with all the skills, then they are able to provide the first response in the communities after you have an, an event. So these are just some of, some of the uh, many um, subject matters um, in disaster management that we do um, ahead of the hurricane season or ahead of the approach of any hurricane. Yes, and of course, we're looking at the audience this evening, and we have uh, Will Helman, Adrian, she's a public health professional, and she says, make sure the health centers are well-equipped with emergency supplies. So is that something that we're taking into consideration as well? And are we still taking into consideration that COVID-19 is not completely eradicated at this time? Yes, yeah, certainly. And um, even now we have to modify our um, shelter management training to factor in COVID-19 because it's not the same as before. Um, you may not be able to allow for the um, six feet distancing, but then you still must maintain some distancing and ensure um, people are wearing their masks and people are um, sanitizing or washing their hands. So 
um, yeah, the, the, the public health. Well, I mean, the good news is that we have quite a few new, brand new um, health facilities in the in the various districts. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, it is important because sometimes we have big edifices and then they're empty. <laughs> so it's very important at this time to ensure that the equipment that's necessary, the medication that's necessary, um, are in those um, health facilities so that um, in the event uh, people have to make use of them that uh, that they are well equipped. Yeah, and while we're talking on this topic as well, is there a resource we can access, for example, to know where the shelters, the hurricane shelters are in our particular community? Yeah, certainly there is, a, there is an app that Ooh. was done um, a little while back. Um, I was at the National Disaster Office at the time it was done. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you go to that app and you click on shelters, then you will find the shelters in your area. But you know, Dominica is a small place. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows all what that's happening around. Right. So if you're in a community, and most communities would only have one shelter. So if you're in a community, you know exactly where the um, shelter is. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. good to know. But you don't remember the name of the app, right? Um, if you look at the Office of Disaster Management app, um, I, I, I think that's that's where it falls. I have okay. it on my phone, so I can just, mm -hmm. while we chat, I can look and yeah. tell, tell you in a while. Yeah, That would be helpful. Now, Lizra, you also talk about uh, training as well. So tell us about the, the training that you're experiencing now and how it will benefit the general public, businesses in general. Okay, great. Well, I'll just start with the, the training that I, I just came from um, a few minutes before this session. Um, the Dominican Trust is hosting the SBF, like a training for young entrepreneurs. And we just spoke about business continuity and risk management. That's one of the content areas that the chamber shares information on. And at this training, there were over 20 businesses and I shared with them the importance of business continuity planning. Several of them were not aware of it before, but helping to, to the entrepreneurs to look intentionally at how we consider what our risks are and how we take specific action to mitigate this risk. And um, we looked at what can we, um, what risk can we adopt? What risk can we say, I really cannot deal with this risk, so I'm going to transfer it to someone else. So we look at people like Brenton that we say, you know what, I cannot take the risk of if my business vehicle gets into an accident to pay everything from the pocket of the business, then we can't do that. So we're transferring it to businesses like Brenton's business. So that was one of the areas that we looked at. Um, for the chamber, we started a business continuity and resilience series. The first session took place this week, Tuesday, and there are three episodes, three episodes as part of this series. The first one looked at insurance for business resilience, and Brenton was one of the, the presenters there. And the second one looks at security. Oftentimes we think, okay, maybe just physical security, but we are looking at both physical and digital security um, for our private sector resilience. We're bringing in some security companies, um, Craig Nessie from NTRC and also the Dominica Police Force to speak on um, the importance and some of the best practices for physical and digital security for businesses. And the final session that we are looking at on the 30th of June looks at partnerships for enhancing our disaster risk management as Dominica. We have one of our directors, Nikki Marouage and Baptist, who is also the, the CEO of Digital Dominica. 
Creed is coming on board with this and the Office of Disaster Management. And we are going to look at what are some of the, the key partnerships that our businesses need and how can we leverage these partnerships to enhance our disaster risk management, not only as a, a private sector, but as Dominica, the entire Dominican community at large. Um, I must also mention that DIC is part of CARICHAM, which is called the Network of Caribbean Chambers of Commerce. And this network comprises of 21 national chambers. Um, we have um, another joining, Montserrat joining soon, so that takes us to 22. But one of our key pillars focuses on disaster risk reduction. And I'm the focal point for this forward network of chambers. And this month, we're launching our business continuity planning template and guide, which is supported by the United Nations Office of Disaster Risk Reduction. What we've seen that, yes, we can tell a business, you need to prepare, you need to put your plan in place, but um, some businesses actually need the handholding and a template and guide to actually get them through to complete this plan because some persons really do not know how to complete it. So we've gotten some resources from UNDRR. We are partnering with one of our fellow chambers in Arise, which I mentioned briefly before. And we introduced this tool um, a few weeks ago, but this month we'll be finalizing and launching the tool so that every business who really wants to, to plan to be intentional about how they mitigate their disaster risk can use this tool from our chambers, from our network of Caribbean chambers, to really ensure that we can reduce our risk. So these are just some of the ways that we are collaborating, some of the things we are putting in place to be more intentional about how we mitigate our risk as a private sector. Yeah, and I think that's an excellent tool to have. Will it be readily available to the public? How would businesses be able to access it? Is there a price, a fee for it? So one of the things we discussed is, um, do we just make it available to chamber members? Um, mm -hmm. Yes, I would really want to say that, but one of the things that, that we are considering is that, do we limit it to a few and have to repeat a lot of things every year and some businesses um, are just, they just keep on being affected or do we make it open source? And we encourage as many businesses to use this. And I mean, it will show the value that the chamber is bringing to the community. So we really don't want to put a price on everything because mm -hmm. we need support for this, but we, we really want all businesses who want it, reach out to us at DAIC and we'll be able to ensure that you get to, to use this tool to improve your business management, business continuous um, planning. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of brings to mind, um, Cecil, are there any public sessions, any public meetings, any public forums uh, about disaster management um, being prepared for the hurricane? Do we have any public forums that uh, people can attend for more information on being prepared? You're muted. Um, in the various communities, yes, um, there are different groupings that put um, together um, sessions so that the people can come together and discuss the whole issues of their communities and what needs to be done um, for approach uh, an approaching storm or what they need to do before, during and after a hurricane situation. Um, some of that is done from the governmental standpoint. Um, others are done from what we call in Dominica the village councils mm -hmm. because um, we have these groupings in every community um, that is sort of the government of the community and um, every one of them um, would also and that's one thing that 
um, I promoted highly when I was the National Disaster Coordinator is that every council should have a disaster preparedness committee. And these committees, they also organize um, these sessions and bring in the people from knowledge of the people from outside to to assist with with them. I'm still very much involved in the um, village council um, groupings. I am on the currently on the village council of my village. Um, I'm also a two-term chairman. Um, so I also promoted it highly um, from my, my council standpoint. But yes, it's something that's done um, all the while. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I know the focus, I know the focus is on hurricanes, but we have other things that affect us from time to time. And once these things kick in, we are all, always quick to um, go to the communities affected and provide them with the information that is required. Because, you know, a lot of these things, they really um, frighten um, a lot of people, especially the elderly folks and all yes. that. And you really need to calm them down and, and allay their fears, you know, um, especially when we talk about volcanic activities and, and earthquakes and, and things of that nature. But the focus is on, on hurricanes. So we'll, we'll keep it to hurricanes. And just to mention the app, the app is Weather yes. and Alert app weather and alert app it provides weather information on a daily basis and then there are other aspects um, to the app where you click on certain things and you get certain information yeah so so in case you're just joining us of course we're, we're talking hurricane preparedness with um cecil shillingford brenton hilaire and elizra fabian and the app that cecil just mentioned is the app that's available in dominica in terms of being prepared for a hurricane so i think that is a fantastic idea now i want us to have a discussion about hurricane maria because as you would have known uh, hurricane maria devastated dominica back in 2017. So let us talk about lessons we learned from Hurricane Maria and lessons we unfortunately did not learn. So we still have not grasped those lessons from Hurricane Maria and anyone can feel free to jump in. Well, in terms of the lessons learned issue, I think we forget um, quickly. So maybe mm -hmm. I should even talk about lessons not learned because you still see people going about their merry way um, without a, a, a care, you know, um, in this world. But um, yeah, well, Hurricane Maria was uh, a special hurricane. And uh, I think that's the strongest hurricane that ever, not I think, I know that's the strongest hurricane that ever hit um, Dominica. Our point of reference before was 1979 Hurricane David. And now we have this new point of reference. Um, I myself, you know, I, I, I'm supposed to be a brave soldier, but um, um, I wasn't afraid or coward, but um, it was a situation where I had never spent a hurricane for the past 25 years at my house. Mm -hmm. So it was a, a new experience for me. I've always been in a secured government building in the emergency operations center and areas like that. And it was the first time I was spending it at home. I Well, I have a, a real, if I may say so myself, well-constructed um, facility. So I was never worried about the facility, but I will be um, very honest with you that um, um, I've never heard 
these noises in my life before, what I was hearing on the outside. Um, the shaking of the building, I'd never felt my building, unless we were having an earthquake, never felt the shaking of, of the building and what have you. But because Hurricane Maria was just a powerful um, hurricane, and I could hardly wait for daybreak for me to get outside to see what had happened. As a matter of fact, I thought the, I was in the basement of my, the, the, the downstairs level of, of my house, and um, I thought my upper level had collapsed because of all the noises I was hearing. Um, so as soon as daybreak, I, I did a quick inspection and I was pleasantly surprised to see that um, hardly anything happened to, to my, my structure. The noises I was hearing was um, flying debris from um, the neighborhood and hitting against my house. So I lost some windows and um, dented, um, galvanized and what have you, because my neighbor's roof fell on top of my roof and things of that nature. But then when I went out to the wider um, community, I mean, I was just um, flabbergasted, you know, when I saw what had happened. Almost every house in my neighborhood had lost its roof, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, knowing the, the, the path that the, the hurricane trekked through uh, and just thinking about the other communities, other communities that may have been more vulnerable than my community, I just um, figured that that was the end of, of Dominica. I really thought that was the end of, of Dominica. And um, the following day, the day after, because the following, the day after Maria was a very rainy day, so not much could have been done. But the day after, I walked from my community to, to town to join with the rest of um, my team so that um, we could really start putting the pieces together. And the walk that would normally take me one hour took me three and a half hours. Wow. And, and uh, you know, you, there, there was no road. You had to go down in the ravine and come back up, go over landslides, go under trees, over trees, um, telephone poles, light poles, and what have you. Bridges had gone, so you had to go mm -hmm. through the river wow. and, and, and get out, you know. And and it, it was just, I mean, it was just a mess. I mean, when by the time I got to town, I said, I don't think we will see anything um, in under 25 years. I said it would be 25 years before we could recover. But surprisingly, um, we did much better uh, than that. And by Christmas, we were already seeing the light um, of D. But I mean, it, it, it was a, a frightening um, experience. It's an experience I think anybody who went through would never forget. And um, I think, again, I, I will say that we did very well in the recovery. And within, within six months, I was able to drive up to my home. Um, so I didn't have to be walking up and down like I did for, for six months. And um, in a year's time, you could practically access every community in Dominica. The whole issue of the housing situation and so on, that that took um, quite a while because um, up to today, you you go around and you still find the tarpaulins on on houses. Yeah, yeah. Even even in my presentation to the to the group um, today, I was saying, you know, I I couldn't believe that just looking out of the building we were using that there were several buildings without roofs. So um, every, everywhere you drive around, and, and, and it's not only the, the poorer areas, the, 
the, yeah. the remote yeah. um, countryside um, areas and so on. You drive through Goodwill, you drive through Centre Roma, you drive through through very Kinfield, very affluent areas, and you still see um, the the well. I mean, the fury, the force, um, and, and and what have you. You are our, listening our to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. So I hope this is information that we can all use, whether we live in Dominica, the Caribbean, or in the region and the rest of the world. So it's unfortunate, but this time of the year, we have to be super cautious as the hurricane season is upon us. So I thought we could do a program to share on this particular topic of the hurricane season. And unfortunately, we've already started seeing a couple of active storms in the area and a couple of active storms even up here in the U.S. So just be vigilant. Uh, don't become too anxious or overly concerned, but just be vigilant and be prepared for the hurricane season, which is upon us right now. So I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. As always, we've gone ahead and posted a featured video to my website, pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10.com. And this week, our featured video is of Mrs. Heather Durham. So Mrs. Heather Durham is out of Antigua and she is considered a national treasure. She is is the creator of Antigua and Barbuda's national dress, as well as the mural in the new Antigua and Barbuda airport. And she has several accomplishments under her belt, including being a visual artist, being an educator, being an activist. So you certainly want to check out her video on pushpast10.com. She is listed as one of our featured videos on my website. And while you're there, if you've missed any episodes of any episodes of the program, you can click on the Untapped Potential podcast area to enjoy the wonderful interviews we have had in the last few months, the last year to be exact, because we've been on the air for about a year now. And it has been a very rewarding experience experience for me. So thank you for being here. And don't forget that your life story is your strength. Remember to tap into your potential each and every day. Remember to stay strong, stay positive, stay engaged until we meet again right back here next week. And don't forget, as I mentioned before, we will continue the hurricane preparedness uh, interview, which we had on Facebook. So I will be sure to 
play you the second part of this very important discussion that we had on Facebook in terms of being prepared during this time of the year. And again, we have lots more interviews coming up for you. Uh, we still have Matt Peltier to play for you. If you're a listener to Q95, you know that Matt is back on the radio. We have missed him. But let's just say congratulations to Mr. Loftus Durand for holding down the fort in the absence of Matt Peltier. I think we can all agree that he did an outstanding job of bringing the information as it relates to that unfortunate incident of Mehul Chaksi between Dominica and Tiga and India. So again, congratulations, congratulations, Loftus, for a job well done. And Mr. Matt Peltier, welcome back to Q95. We are happy for your safe return back to Dominica. So again, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the program. And thank you for signing on for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. And I will see you back right here next week, same time, same place, for another hour pack episode of Untapped Potential. So as we head out this evening, let's enjoy this number from Shelly, a song entitled Local, as we remember to support the, the efforts of all our local Dominicans. So enjoy this song as we get ready to sign up the program. You have yourself a wonderful week. Do we said Somebody said no
Some of 